Hello and welcome into In the Pocket Across the Pond. I'm Lewis. I'm joined as usual by the two Alexes. This week on the pod, we're going to talk fantasy football busts, who we think you're going to be regretting taking in your drafts this year. We're also going to give you our predictions, the division winners, the NFC, the AFC, and who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and be in it. We've also got some bold predictions in terms of players and in terms of teams, and we're going to be giving you our fantasy MVPs, the guys who we absolutely love this year in fantasy football. Lads, before we get into any news or you know injury updates or anything like that, um, I just wanted to take this moment to address something that needs to be addressed. Really, um, you know, we've been hinting at it on the pod for a few weeks, and I just wouldn't sleep easy if we didn't talk about this. Um, Baker Mayfield has been made the Buccaneers' starting quarterback. Whoa, we, we need some like horns though, or something. <laughs> Really, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we finally have an answer to the to the hottest quarterback competition this off season. It's weird because I, I, the quarterback competi- competition hasn't really been factoring into me thinking that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are values in the draft where they're going just because they're such great players. Um, I'd say you know if if you if you, if you had to make a decision, then this is probably better because you know Mayfield has been good in the past Lou I know you hate to admit it but he has been good in the past mm. former Heisman winner former number one pick of the draft so uh, g- great news great news for um, everyone involved with Tampa Bay I think what do you reckon Sharps yeah I mean not overly bothered about Mayfield himself but I think like Al said I'm where where Evans and Godwin are going in the draft is pretty low for me, so I'd I'd be happy with either of them on my team. So yeah, gives it a bit of consistency, and let let's see if this will be where it clicks. You never know. Mm, thanks for turning that funny little bit into some legitimate fantasy advice. <laughs> so, uh, should we get into some actual news? Yeah. So Josh Jacobs has a deal, one year, twelve million. He tweeted that he's back. So go and draft Josh Jacobs. And if you were lucky enough to um, to be in a league where that uncertainty about Jacobs playing is still baked into his draft price, then he could be a value. So look out for that. Uh, pretty much breaking just as we started to record the Colts keeping Jonathan Taylor on the pup. So he'll, he'll miss at least the first four weeks of the season. I've seen people refer to the pup in this case uh, as the physically unwilling to perform list, <laughs> rather than the <laughs> rather than the physically unable to perform list, because yeah, I'm not sure how injured Jonathan Taylor is. So, but, um, so is that it? Was he not able to find a trade? No, right. I heard some sick rumours about the Burrs yesterday um, trading for him, but um, yeah, no. So Taylor's going to be on the Colts. Probably well, will be on the Colts. Uh, and he won't be playing the first four weeks of the season. So um, scoop up the guy that's there. I know that the the lad with the last name 
Funk just got uh, waved or cut, so there's probably only about one other guy behind Taylor there. So Kareem Hunt, here we go then. Mm. Speaking of Kareem Hunt, he didn't sign with the Saints. Didn't. <laughs> he didn't sign with the Saints when we reported that he was going to sign with the Saints. He didn't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Kareem Hunt. It's it's a weird one. I mean, some of these running backs, maybe maybe they just ask for too much money because there's guys that get, you know, when you think to yourself, he's not that old and there's guys that aren't as good as him that are getting traded. He's probably one of those players that's asking for, uh, for too much money, I suppose. But, I mean, back to the Jonathan Taylor thing dead quick. This is why, in our main league, we leave our draft as late as possible. We're drafting the Sunday before... The season kicks off on the Thursday. So we know this Jonathan Taylor news now, so he won't be getting drafted. He did fall quite far in a draft I was in last night. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's not going to go for a long, long time in our draft. Um, all the big-named rookie quarterbacks are starting for the team's young stride. Richardson, that's confirmed. Um just to bring it again back to fantasy drafts, I do do think a punt on Anthony Richardson late is really interesting. Um, I don't I don't normally advocate for taking two quarterbacks in your draft, but I mean if if Richardson's there and you want to take a punt, or even if you just completely punt the position entirely, and you, you've kind of got you're stacked at running back and wide receiver, I mean. Is there only me who thinks Anthony Richardson's really interesting shout this year for fantasy? I mean, I think interesting, but I think in the range he's going, I'd feel a lot comfortable with uh, with Geno Magic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just think the Jonathan Taylor thing—you could isolate it from Anthony Richardson, but you could also see it like Jonathan Taylor's a good running back and. Rookie quarterbacks need good running backs to fall back on, and the team just isn't yeah, supporting him in that so. aspect. So it's like he's sort of thrown him to the lines a bit, where it's like, yeah, this guy can run around and scramble and mm-hmm. get killed in his rookie yeah. season, so we'll let him do that instead of having a really capable mm-hmm. running back behind him that he can safely hand mm-hmm. the ball off to when the play's broken down. Mm. Um, <clears throat> not part of any of my predictions on this episode, uh, which is the predictions episode. I don't think we mentioned it just yet. Mm. Um, but don't be surprised if Alec Pierce emerges as Anthony Richardson's favourite target this season. I'm just saying it. Um, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. It happened. It finally happened. All fantasy players got the dreams crushed. Uh, Dalvin Cook <laughs> to the Jets, which means that personally, I don't want any running back from the Jets this year with the price that you have to pay for them, especially Brees Hall. Um, they're probably going to be a really good team. Yes, but there's just too many kind of murky backfields where you're not too sure what to do, basically. Um, Zeke to the Patriots doesn't really hurt Ramondre Stevenson for me, though. What about you, Sharples? It it definitely took the shine off him. Uh, I was I was really happy getting him sort of... Um, I think he was going... Was he going second round before the news broke? And I was very happy to get him. Mm. I thought it was great last year. You never really know with with the Patriots and and with Belichick. I think um, they are more likely of a team to sort of spread the workload a little bit. So where he's going, I'm still a little bit uncertain. If if Zeke wasn't there, I'd be all in on him. But yeah, Zeke mm. Zeke sort of killed him for me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I was big in Stevenson up a couple of weeks ago. 
um, talking about it could be like a legitimate, you know, top five running back. I don't see that being possible okay. now. I think, you know, with Zeke in, who's still a capable running back, um, still a good pass catcher running back, I think that the ceiling for Stevenson, unfortunately, is probably what it was last year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just don't see the the like the real life player upside that Zeke has anymore. You know that there's a lot. Of, I know, I know. We love him. <laughs> he does look weird in those Patriots uniforms, though. But I mean, there was a, there's a lot of tread on the tires, and um, he just doesn't look explosive anymore. He never really excited you. Um, which is why Pollard looks so exciting for the Cowboys. I don't know. I'm, I'm still fine with Stevenson, to be totally honest with you. Um, breaking, just before we started recording as well, Bailey Zappi. Remember that guy? Get zapped. Um, Mac Jones B, as we used to call him as well. Mac Jones B. Uh, he's been cut, as well as Millie Cunningham, which leaves Mac Jones all alone in the Patriots quarterback room. So you would assume... They had a decent backup or veteran in mind to come in um, because I mean I don't want I don't want to preach to Bill Belichick here you know yeah. being a guy uh, from England who just watches the NFL and the greatest coach of all time but Bill uh, not a good idea yeah. going into the season with one quarterback going to throw Listen, that one out there. There's one guy out there. He's he's claimed to be better than most thirty-two quarterbacks. Starting quarterbacks in the league. Has he played for the Patriots in the past? Yes. <laughs> Cam Newton. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> um, let's shift over to a couple of injuries. Uh, Kyler Murray to start the season on the Pope. This is this is the physically unable to perform list this time. Um, so he won't be able to play in any of the first four games. To be honest with you, we've been saying all off-season that we don't think he's going to play at all this year. So we've got a defensive head coach... And a total walking cringe machine in Jonathan Gannon. If you ever see any videos, <laughs> oh of the guy. yeah, what is he? Oh, have you now? seen the shots one? The shots one. It was shot, like, it was shot, total, shot, it was shot. total Kendall Roy. Yeah, yeah. total Kendall Roy. Um, Your vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, total cringe. Um, but you've got a first-year defensive head coach, either Josh Hobbs or rookie Clayton Tuna quarterback. Safe to say this podcast doesn't endorse drafting any Cardinals this year. Even James Conner, who I was kind of falling a bit in love with as a as kind of a uh, a sleeper in the draft, Lou kind of rightly just uh, said, "Well, they're going to be crap." Yeah, so he's going to be crap. There we go. The thing, the, the funny thing about the pup with with Murray is that I'm pretty sure that's how he used to describe his iPad that he um, was meant to watch film on. Physically unable to perform. <laughs> yeah, it was, so he couldn't watch the film. Okay, good yeah. one. That's good. Um, Jerry Judy. I do have to um, go on. Do have to disagree on the James Conner. I think he's good value in the sixth round. He will be there. Fill your boots. Offense, fill your boots so. next Sunday, Sharples. Fill your boots, please. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will be. I will be. Fill your boots with that Conner. Yeah. Jerry Judy carted off uh, with a hamstring injury in practice and will miss several weeks. Um, availability for week one is doubtful. No, I just got Colton Sutton in Listen. a draft in a boat round eleven last night. Maybe, maybe yeah, my yeah, Colton yeah. Sutton call was just a year off. All I'm saying is, <laughs> I got him in a boat round eleven last night in a draft. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Terry McLaurin, who I also got in that draft. Damn it, uh, turf toe injury, uncertain for week one. 
Um, th- those injuries can stick around for a little bit. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba underwent wrist surgery to repair a fracture. Timeline on return is unclear. Pete Carroll says three to four weeks. Um, well, this does harm his development and his kind of integration into that team. He won't be there at practice. So, uh, for me, that that like Metcalf and Lockhead just back up there for yeah, me now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and I think that that yeah, that yeah. about covers. All the news, I think. I don't think we've missed anything. We haven't. Uh, no. Uh, nothing of note happened. Yeah! No, not not one one little slice. You break this news, Sharples. You break this news soon as I know you're dying to. <laughs> well, I mean, you boys love Cowboys talk so much. Why not bring it in? Dallas Cowboys acquiring San Francisco 49er flop quarterback Trey Lance. And you two are buzzing about it. Please elaborate, boys. Let the listeners know how good, how good does it feel to have this former number three overall pick slotted into that roster? So yeah, so we're talking about Lance being traded to the Cowboys after losing the 49ers backup role to Sam Darnold. My goodness. Um, Not thrilled as a Cowboys fan. It shows, I suppose, what their feelings on Dak Prescott and his longevity are. Um, it also shows how clueless they are when evaluating quarterbacks, I suppose, because Trey Lance hasn't looked good. Um, I'm also just pretty amazed that the 49ers have just held their hands up and, and taken this huge L because what an awful trade. I mean, you can you can retort by saying, well, look at who we got with the last pick of the draft. And yeah, I think Brock Purdy's a really good player. Um but this is this is a bad one, isn't it, for them lot? Lou, are, are you any more excited? Yeah, I mean they've effectively three three first rounds for what a fourth round fourth pick. Round if pick. you wanna yeah. if you wanna look yeah. at it in black and white, Lou, are you at all more excited than I am about this? Which is I'm, not not excited uh, in the slightest. I'm intrigued just because I feel like because he hasn't had an amazing chance to prove himself. He hasn't been out there any you know a, a whole lot. The draft capital is still relevant, so it's like some someone must have seen something in him. So I don't know, you know. I mean, I don't know when we're ever going to see Trey Lance because you know. To paraphrase Jerry Jones, you know, if he ever see, he's like Trey Lance. If I ever see you in the building this year, like I'm going to lose my mind. Get out. There's a quote by Jerry Jones who's basically like, he's not going to be it. If he's if he's on the team this year, we're doing something wrong. What does that mean? Yeah, he's like, I don't. He's like, we're pl- we're not planning or wanting him to be on the team this year. Why trade for him then? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. No, um, not, I mean, I mean, he's. He, he, I think I think he's still interesting, but um, as a as a as a real real sort of project. Um, that who knows? Sharples, go ahead, do your worst. No, I mean, I just think you know, obviously, maybe. Week eight, nine rolls around. Dax fresh off his twenty fifth interception. I think at that point you have to sort of freshen up the offense. And I think you know, I think Trey could slot in and and let's see. Look, he was a number three pick for a reason. Let's see. How about them Cowboys? Mm. He said week seven, eight, eight, nine. Eight, nine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, anyway, moving on. Bit of a predictions episode. Um, we're going to give you some player predictions, some team predictions for the upcoming season. Bit of fantasy, bit of real life NFL. We'll start. We'll start with the negative stuff, chaps. 
we'll start with our fantasy bust picks of the year based off ESPN ADP, it should be said. Who wants to go first? Someone someone start. Someone someone said they want to go first. Lewis has got his hand up. Lou, who's your fantasy football <coughs> bust pick of 2023? It doesn't give me any pleasure because I, uh, I have liked this player in the past despite, um, I don't know. Personal conduct. Personal conduct. <laughs> um, <laughs> which could be a lot of players. Um, he, didn't, he didn't hit you. Didn't hit me. So he's so he's in the clear. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Alvin Kamara. Um, ADP, in ESPN leagues, his ADP is fiftieth overall as the running back seventeen, um, which I just think is ludicrous, and I'll tell you why. Now, there's been some hype pieces in training camp um, about how he's got a new trainer and he's fixed a muscle asymmetry in his legs, whatever that means. Um, and he's he's learned how to control his heart rate to compact to combat fatigue. So, <laughs> so he's like, like he's like, robot like mission impossible <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This is this is genuine wording from uh, from like a hype piece. There's all that stupid stuff. Um, yeah, okay. He he could have a bounce back season, but that wouldn't really be hard. Considering the past two seasons he's had have been career lows in yards per carry. Receiving yards, receptions per game, and specifically last season, fantasy points. Um, so I'm not buying the bounce back at all. It's it's, it's hard to see when Alvin Kamara is hitting the age range where running backs historically start to decline in production. A decline that we've seen. Mm. I've just mentioned it. Um, so yeah, that, that physically, I'm I'm just not in on. On Kamara, and then let's look at the team, the Saints. They just paid Jamal Williams, um, signed him to a three-year contract to come in and do what he just had a bunch of success doing in Detroit: short yardage, goal line carries. They also spent a day two draft pick uh, in round three on Kendra Miller. So there's plenty of competition for touches here in the backfield. And sorry, did I mention that Kamara is missing the first three games of the season as well? Like, that's not nothing. Three games is a lot when you only play 17 games in a season. Mm-hmm. So, he's being drafted as a running back 17, which I just think is so incredibly expensive for a guy with all the problems I just laid out there. Like, you know, so let's take last season's running back 17, which was Travis Etienne. Um, he finished with 205 points uh, in PPI scoring. If you factor in the three games that Kamara is going to miss, to finish as you know, if the running back seventeen is going to score two hundred and five points this year, he has to be a whole lot better than he was last year in a more crowded backfield, being another year older, you know, closer to that archetypal age where running backs decline. I just, I just can't see the upside here now. Obviously, fantasy football is all about calling your shot on players. N- nothing's guaranteed. You know, we're going to be talking about some players we really like in a little bit. And again, that's us making bets based on research and experience watching these players and just instincts that you have. But of course, sometimes you just never know. But my point here is that yes, Alvin Kamara could bounce back. I just think it's an incredibly bad bet to make at this ADP. 
for him to bounce back that much, I'm just completely out. 50th overall, running back 17, no, not a chance. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like you see the name and you see him that far down the the draft board considering where he's been drafted in previous years. But we see that with running backs and they, like you just said, this guy's missing three games as well. Yeah, yeah. Sharples, bust pick 2023. Yeah, um, I've gone for, a, I think it might be a juicy one because he's a, he's a first round pick. I've gone for the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson. And now, listen, I'm not saying he's going to have a bad season. I'm not saying he's going to absolutely tank. But this man is going as the eighth overall pick ahead of the likes of Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Josh Jacobs, AJ Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown, need I say more? There's a lot of talent there. Not only is it talent, it's proven talent. I'm always a little bit hesitant with with rookie running with rookies in general, but I think, especially on the Falcons, because let's not forget the last rookie offensive superstar that they drafted, a certain Kyle Pitts was supposed to come and catch a million passes a year, and what's he done? Look, he's, he's on his he's way. Great player, I think. Yeah, on his way. Yeah, I think in a in a keeper league, obviously you'd be mad not to take him. I just think this year he's maybe not a top 10 running back compared to some of those guys. And also, let's not forget Tyler Algier had a good year himself mm-hmm. last year. I think he'll take plenty of work as well. If Bijan has a slow start, if he gets a knock, Algier is going to be in there. And I just think this year, this is not the year to take him in the first round with your first pick, with your precious yeah. first pick when you can get some absolute superstars that have been doing it for five years plus. So, yeah, this year for me, the bust will be Bijan Robinson. That is... A juicy one, as he said. That's juicy, and you know what? You've 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 convinced me a little bit. To be fair, yeah, you made yeah, some I points agree, where I'm excited. He's quite high in my rankings, but so, you made a few points there, Sharples, where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that is because it, it, of course it's like, why wouldn't the he's why would played in the NFL? Well, yeah, why yeah. why would it's like people are drafting him, myself included. I have him ranked like they're just going to be feeding him every single play. It's like Algier was a thousand yard rusher mm. last year. Like he's not a bum. So, yeah, no, good mm. points, Sharples. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to round this negative section off with my bust pick for 2023, TJ Hawkinson. Okay, so Hawkinson is one of those tight ends that he has the real-life draft capital and the talent, and so he gets pushed up fantasy drafts and ranks every year because of the promise of greatness. It's the Njoku Pitts paradox, let's call it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> In addition, he got traded to a great offence last year, so it might be easy to be misled into thinking Hawkinson is a smash pick this year, or maybe it's the fact that he had a couple of huge weeks last year, or the fact that everyone is telling you he's the next tight end after Kelsey and Andrews. Well, I'm going to pump the brakes on all that. Um, majorly, majorly pump the brakes. And all we need to do so is look at the numbers. So... On ESPN, Hawkinson is currently the third tight end off the board. Pick 48 overall, right? Mm. That's in the fifth round next to players like Ramondre Stevenson, like Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Damian Pierce. You know, in the in his apparent career renaissance that he had at the Vikings when he got traded last year over the last 10 games of the season, a trade that some fantasy sites will have you believe reinvigorated him, he upped his fantasy points, lads. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. He upped them by two. 
Nice. Two fantasy points, which, okay, impressive if you're talking about a really late round streaming tight end. Not impressive when you're talking about the tight end three, I don't think. Even less impressive when you realise that his play with the Falcons just brought him up to his points per game average <clears throat> of the season before. So who is this new TJ Hawkinson that was supposed to be drafting so early? Travis Kelsey since 2017. 17 points a game. Mark Andrews since becoming the dude in Baltimore. 15 points a game. George Kittle last year with Brock Purdy. 16 points a game. TJ Hawkinson in the career renaissance with the Vikings. 12 points a game. <laughs> 12 points a game, yeah. Nice for a standard tight end. Fifth round of the fantasy draft. Nah, no thanks. If I was being kind to TJ Hawkinson, I'd say that we're looking at the same guy who's always been there. So why the hell is he all of a sudden being overdrafted this year? If I was being harsh, I'd say that last year was actually far more of a mirage than any other season in his career. As over a third of his 215 fantasy points over a 17-game season last year came in two games. Over a third of his points. Mm. Oh, but 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 Alex Adam Thielen's left, and there are loads of targets up for grabs. Okay, but this team really likes KJ Osborne, and they just drafted an absolute stud in Jordan Addison in the first round, so they've got another couple of wide receivers there to take targets. TJ Hawkinson will be a bust, is what I'm saying. He'll be a bust given where you have to take him overall, and he'll be a bust at the tight end position because people like Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard. Evan Engram will all finish above him and you can draft all those people after the 48th pick. Hawkinson is Pat Fry move save for two weeks per season that he'll score a couple of touchdowns. I would not suggest drafting someone in the fifth round or potentially the fourth round of your fantasy drafts who might help you win two weeks. Ooh. Don't draft TJ Hawkinson. That I mean, he's, he's <clears throat> the numbers are there. He's the same guy he's always been. Coming for the Hawk. Yeah. That's, uh... He's the same guy he's always been which is an average tight end um, that has draft gap hill that pushes him up every year. Yeah, but... That's a good, can we, can we just on TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. <clears throat> can we talk about how many, like, T, how many J's they have on the Vikings? TJ Hawkinson. KJ. KJ Osborne. CJ Ham. Yeah. Anyone else? Um, JJ. Justin no, you don't call him JJ, though. They, they don't do. call him JJ Jefferson, do they? JJ Jefferson. <laughs> uh, if you've watched the Netflix quarterback show, Al, if you watch the rest of it, um, Kirk Cousins says JJ quite a lot. Okay. JJ, I'm just going to throw it up to you. Okay. Um, yeah. Division winners, lads. Let's pick our division winners. Yeah. Uh, in real life. So, NFC North. I have Vikings. <clears throat> Lou? Lions. Sharples? I have the Vikings also. Okay. Okay. Yeah. NFC South. I've got the Falcons. I've got the Falcons. I've got the Saints. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, NFC East. I have... Oh, sorry, I have the Eagles. I... 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 I have to have the Cowboys. <laughs> you don't? Yes, I do. Yeah, I've got, I've gone for the Cowboys. The, the, podcast no, listen, no. the podcast listeners know you're a Cowboys fan. I believe so it. So you can be honest. I believe it. Eagles. I believe the Cowboys. I believe it, honestly. Sharples. That's going to make it so much more fun than when the Eagles win. <laughs> okay. Uh, NFC West, I've got the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. 
Yep, same. Mm. Okay, uh, AFC North, I have the Bengals. I have the Bengals. <laughs> I want it to be interesting, but I also have the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So if I have the Jaguars. Yep, yeah, I also have the Jaguars. I've got the severely um, overlooked Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I've, seen, I've heard a few people talking yeah, up the yeah. Titans as well. I mean, you know, great coach yeah. team. Yeah. And stop me if I'm wrong, lads, but do we have AFC East, AFC West, Bills, Chiefs? No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at your sheet. I wanted to pretend I had the Jets, Sharples. Yeah, I also really wanted to take the Jets, but it's Bills Chiefs. Bills Chiefs. Bills Chiefs. I'd take Miami before the Jets. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. A few bold predictions. few bold predictions are going to come uh, at you with now. Uh, one relating to a player, one relating to a team. We want them to be really bold. We want them to be pretty stupid, okay? Um, <laughs> mine. Um, Even though mine aren't stupid. One, of, one of mine's just going to happen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first on this one. My playable prediction is that Geno Smith will be in MVP finalist. Who are you, Alex Sharples? <laughs> you know Sharples have seriously <laughs> come around at it. I think he's going to be an MVP finalist, which means in real life he's going to be one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and you don't have the the um, Seahawks winning that division, though. No. Okay. <laughs> I think you'll find that my next ball prediction completely... Uh, Contradicts this as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, Geo Smith will be an MVP finalist. Look, it's the league leading completion percentage, it's the deep ball accuracy and sheer arrogance that he throws the ball with sometimes, threading it through the tightest of windows. It's the efficiency, it's the ability to stay calm yet mobile and dynamic in the pocket. It's the 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns that are going to go up after another year in the system with even better weapons. Uh, you know, it's it's being able to face the Rams and the Cardinals twice. It's the fact that he wants to run the ball more, potentially better than <clears throat> that 350 yards on the ground. This past season, um, Geno Smith just looks great, doesn't he? He looks great. Mm. Sharples, bold player prediction for this season. Okay, um, I thought mine was bold, not quite as bold as that, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I I can't believe that this guy isn't getting more love. Alexander Madison mm. currently going as the RB23. I'm locking him in as a top 10. Ooh, top, 10. top 10 running back. Top 10's bold. Top 10's bold for Madison. I, for me, I just think, I think he's just going to step straight into that, into that Dalvin Cook role. He's in the perfect team to be scoring points because they're a really good offense and they've got terrible defense. He's going to be on the pitch constantly. He can run. He can catch. For me, he is he is Dalvin Cook 2.0. Like in, in the past, whenever he stepped in from when Cook's been injured, I feel like he's always had a good game. I don't think there's anyone else in that backfield to take away any work from him. And yeah, I don't know if I'm just missing something, but for me, top 10 RB, guaranteed. Yeah. He has kind of been like a one-for-one one at any time. Um, him and Cook have, have kind of swapped roles like Cook's been injured you know fantasy wise it's been a one for one you've been a mm. great Luke yeah. uh, I know you're going to love this Al mm. um, my bold <laughs> I don't, this really isn't that bold to be honest I just think it is for this podcast um, Saquon Barkley is going to lead the league in rushing yards oh, this season when did uh, Nick Chubb retire? <laughs> I know what you're saying I know what you're saying okay, he was fourth last year behind Jacobs Henry Chubb 
So Barkley's still in his prime. Josh Jacobs last year, amazing year. I think that's the career year for Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Derek Henry <clears throat> is going to be really good. Derek Henry is getting old. He's going to decline. And yes, this you could say this is an even bolder prediction because Nick Chubb is still going to be the, probably the best running back in the league. But that's why it's a bold prediction. Saquon Barkley, he's still in his prime. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be great this year. I think, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Giants are going to be pretty good this year, uh, another year into the system. Um, Barkley, 1,300 yards last year. I feel like he's going to top that. I feel like he is going to lead the league. Okay. Okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't think your Gino one is um, team bold prediction. Uh, I've got the Ram- <clears throat> the Rams to win a playoff game. Wow! Apparently, I'm, so, I was I, 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 I was in coughing, then I was choking. Okay, I saw you scream. See, I I only realised when I did these. It's like, oh wow! I think everyone in that division is just going to win all the games. Apparently, but I think the Rams will win a playoff game. You know, I almost tore myself out of this one. Um, but I do think the Rams' defense is still going to be one that you're going to want to target in fantasy. Um, but I think the team in general will be better than people think they're going to be. Last year was really bad for this team. Super Bowl hangover was real, uh, and so were the injuries. But Aaron Donald is still one, still one of the best players in the league. There's nothing to suggest the Stafford Cup connection isn't still magic. And most of all, Sean McVay is a great head coach, and great head coaches don't have two bad seasons in a row. The last time McVay and the Rams had a down year, it was a Super Bowl hangover again from a one that they lost against the Patriots. They followed that up with a 10-win bounce-back season and a trip to the divisional round of the playoffs. I think we see the same thing again uh this year, I'll be honest. I, I like these teams that go about the business quietly, like the Falcons have been doing this season, who I really like. And um, I just think the Rams are going to come out and shock people with how much they've improved this season, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to be awful like people think they're going to be. I think they're going to be crap. Okay, Sharples. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not sure how bold this one is. I'd, I'd like to think it is, although it's in the negative uh, region because I am miserable and I like to cut teams down. I've got the Arizona Cardinals to go 0-17 oh. this I don't see where they win a game. Nice. I think, particularly if Kyler Murray stays out for the full season, but even if not, I'll, yeah. I'll run through the schedule, boys, see what you think. Yeah. Sing, sing out when, they, when, they, when they're going to beat someone. So they <laughs> open up the season uh, at Washington. No. No, and just on that point, dead quick, um, don't mm-hmm. draft a defense in your, in, in your uh, drafts before the last pick, um, or unless you draft kickers the second to last pick, leave those two to the last pick, um, and pick up the commanders because you pretty much just play, you, you play in matchups all season with your defenses. <laughs> Don't be the guy that drafts the Eagles defense in the 10th round because they're really good, because regardless of how good the Eagles defense are, you're not playing them against the Bills or the Chiefs. Draft the card the, the commander's defense because they're playing the Cardinals in Week One. Side note: nice. Carry on, Chapels. Hundred percent. So yeah, it's Washington, then the Giants, then the Cowboys, nope. then the Niners, nope. then the Bengals, nope. then the Rams, yes. Seahawks, Ravens, Browns, Falcons, Texans, Rams, Steelers, Niners, Bears, Eagles, then the Seahawks. Now I guess you could maybe attack. They might, they might take a victory off Atlanta or maybe one off the Rams or the Texans, but 
I just don't see it. I mean, we've been talking about how bad the offense is. The defense isn't much better. Buda Baker is just about there, but he's hanging on by a thread. James Conner's going to get 25 carries a match. I'm not bothered about that. But I just I just don't see where where a win's going to come from. Yeah, I mean, 0-17 is bold. <laughs> that is very yeah, bold. Yeah. Um, I mean, already circling the the Texans Cardinals as the stink fest mm. of the season. Yeah. 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 As the toilet bowl. Um I don't know. I think they might be able to 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 squeeze a win off the Browns. That that seems like, you know, it's a typical that seems like a typical Browns loss, doesn't it? Where it's like yeah. another season with all this promise, they might get a couple of wins on the belt and then everyone thinks Oh well, we're good now. The Browns are good again, and we'll just roll the Cardinals over here, and they don't. So, mm. if any of those, I think the Cardinals um, might beat the Browns, but they also might not win any games, like Sharples is saying. Yeah, Lou. My bold team prediction is that the Lions, the Detroit Lions, are gonna win the second playoff game in the Super Bowl. Era. That is appalling. <laughs> the Lions have not won. They they have they have not won a playoff game since the mid sixties. Uh, sorry, they've won one playoff game since the mid sixties. That was in nineteen ninety one. How many times have they been to the playoffs since then? A handful, a handful of times. I think they're going to win in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to get to the divisional round. And who knows from there? But I, yeah, I do think the Lions. Um, I think I think I think they're going to do it this year. Okay. Um, I think no. they could get to the playoffs, no. but I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they might get to the playoffs, but then again, I would be wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Um, two more categories of the big two, the the big two for fantasy and for real life. Um, Super Bowl pick, Lou. Chiefs to beat the Lions. No, <laughs> Chiefs to beat the. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers. Super Bowl 54 replay. Mmm, Chapels. Kakar, Eagles to beat the Bills. Ooh, nice, nice. And I've got Eagles to beat the Bengals. To Ooh. be honest, to me, as, as amazing as the Chiefs are, at this moment in time, to me, the AFC is just a coin toss between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, but I think the Eagles are a little bit better than everyone else in the NFC, unfortunately. Um... But this is the big one. It's fantasy MVP time. I don't think we had amazing fantasy MVPs last season. Well, mine's New. mine's going to come to fruition this year. Okay. Um, it's the, the most the, the most um, like the most. <laughs> Mine last year is sort of the most long sleeper pick ever. It's like you have to pick him twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantasy MVPs um, with ESPN ADP in mind as well, it should be said. Uh, Sharples, start us off with your fantasy MVP for 2023. Okay, so my pick is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, currently going as the 50th pick. He's the seventh quarterback off the board. It's, of course, Justin Fields. I think for me, just the fact that his rushing ability alone is is probably going to make him a top five quarterback just with that. And then you've got to ask yourself, is his passing game going to improve? And for me, it is. 
he's another year older and wiser, another year settled into the offense. He's got some good weapons there. DJ Moore's just come in. He's got Chase Claypool, very serviceable. Darnell Mooney showed potential. And Cole Komet, Lou's uh, favorite and also most hated tight end. Um, yeah. And so for me, he's, he's just going to do he's going to do it on both fronts. I think he's got the the high floor from the rushing, but he's going to add the passing. And I think if he gets up towards that top three quarterbacks, that's I mean then he's in the region of Mahomes and Allen and Jalen Hurts. And if you can get that with the 50th pick in the draft, it's a, it's a super value. And if I, th- I think for me, his absolute ceiling would be, would be QB one when, when you have, if he can get the passing game together and he keeps the rushing up. So yeah, Justin Fields, 50th pick, get him on your team. Very good. Very good. Mm. I'll go next. Um, my fantasy MVP for 2023 is, the Detroit Lions wide receiver, Amam Rossum Brown. I've been gushing about some Brown for the past few weeks on the podcast. Um, so much so that I was initially going to put Tyreek Hill here, but I just had to put some Brown. You know, if Amam Rossum Brown finishes the season as the wide receiver one, I will not be shocked. In fact, I would be shocked if he doesn't lead the league in interceptions. Uh, you know, whilst racking up 120 plus this year, I see that happening. Uh, he's currently tied at 196 receptions for the most through the first two years of a career in the NFL. Everything is just in Amamra's favour for fantasy greatness this season. It, the Lions have the best wide receiver strength of schedule in the league. There's no competition behind him for at least six weeks at the earliest. And Jameson Williams, there's just never great reports about him. Um his yards and fantasy performances just keep getting better and better season by season, week by week. And as does this offense, you know, people are projecting the Lions like Lou to have a really good season, and Amamra is going to be a huge part of that if they do. He's on a similar career trajectory to people like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas. In fact, the latter of those two players being those who he's tied with in receptions over the first two years of his career. And if the touchdowns just increase to top wide receiver average then he's going to go nuclear for fantasy this season he's on track for about 150 160 targets this year with the routes per game going up on the whole for this team um, and the eye test as well he's always open and he wants to be great you know he remembers everyone every wide receiver that was drafted before him in the draft let's talk ADP currently going 21st overall on ESPN wide receiver 10 now I've already I've already made my case just now for why that should sound insane. Why Amanra's trajectory is that of a wide receiver one overall, not three spots lower than where he finished last year. He finished as a wide mm. receiver seven last year. Why is he being drafted as a wide receiver ten? You know, when we draft the running backs in recent years, we're looking for that McCaffrey monster season. When we draft wide receivers, we're looking for that Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, PPR monster season, and that is what you're going to get with a man Ra this year. Mm. Lou, fantasy MVP 2023. It gives me absolute pleasure to talk about a guy who, who me and you have been pretty down on in the past, mm. I think, uh, but I've completely come round this off-season. It's C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, going as a wide receiver 7 16th overall so it, you know it, he's got to hit he really has to hit 
And that's what I think is going to happen. So just put it in a wider context, going back to 2011, top six wide receivers have averaged 20 points a game. That's that you know you know if you take all those seasons, then sort of get an average of the, the players who came in the top six. That's it's twenty points a game, and that so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for players who are going to be elite, who are going to score over twenty points per game. Ron Stewart on YouTube, who talks about fantasy football, came up with a, a really great graph looking at all the shared metrics of each of the 33 wide receivers who have hit 20 fantasy points per game in uh, since 2010. And some factors can be identified between them all. So they're all under 31 years of age, taken in the first six rounds of fantasy football drafts, had 12-plus points per game in the previous season to their breakout, um, had a previous high of 14-plus points per game in the career, uh, they were the team's wide receiver one. They average 10-plus opportunities a game. They're on an offense that averages over 23 points a game. And Lamb nails these metrics dead on. Like, he's he's primed. You know, he's, he's 24 years of age, being taken in round two of fantasy drafts, averaged 17 points a game last season, 14 the year previous, 13 in his rookie year. Um he had 10.1 opportunities a game last year, and the Cowboys averaged 25 points per game last year. I will I will also say he did average 19.5 points per game with Dak in the last six weeks of the season when Dak was back from injury. I feel like that's a taste of things to come. Um, I also don't really... Uh, I, I, I don't understand the idea that the Cowboys are all of a sudden going to become this 49ers-esque run first ground and pound machine. Just look at the off season moves, like the release of Ezekiel Elliott. They've not gone in for one of these, you know, more notable free agent running backs. They signed Brandon Cooks. That to me is a team who is getting ready to lock and load this passing attack, which is what Mike McCarthy did with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay when he was there all those years. Um and speaking of Brandon Cooks I don't really see him coming in as an issue. You've just lost Dalton Schultz, who had an 18.7% target share last year. That's a hefty target share. You know, Ezekiel Elliott also, you know, his target's going to be up for grabs. Um, yeah, I just... You could also argue, you know, you could make an argument that Dallas having a great defence, which I think they're going to have again this year, might be a detriment to the pass catchers, but look at the Eagles. Look at... AJ Brown averaging seventeen point six points uh, fantasy points per game last year. You know, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith on that team as well. All relevant, all relevant players in the fantasy game. I just, I think CD Lamb is absolutely primed to break into the top five at the position. Maybe the top three. I'm going to say top three. I'm all in on Lamb this year as one of those elite guys. Twenty plus points per game. He's going to do it. Nice. Nice, good stuff, lads. That's going to wrap us up uh, with our predictions episode. Uh, I have got an interesting closing thought for you, though, that I've just thought about why we've been recording. Um, So I think even if we don't necessarily have this person ranked number one overall, even though some of us do like me, I'm talking about Justin Jefferson... It's pretty much consensus in the fantasy community this year that Jefferson is a fine number one overall pick, given the historic season that he just had. 
However, is that silly of us to assume? You look at since we've been playing fantasy, these players who were the best fantasy players or they had historic seasons. You had Barkley, we've had Lamar Jackson, McCaffrey, Cup Taylor, Michael Thomas. None of them repeated that number one or historically great season the year after. I'm not saying that people aren't really good for fantasy every year. Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Derek Henry have all been really great for fantasy every year. I'm talking about those guys who established themselves as the number one fantasy player and so the drafted number one the next year. Since we've been playing fantasy, which is, you know, five, six years now, we've never seen that player repeat. So is it silly for us to be drafting Jefferson like he's going to repeat Sharples? I I mean, he's my number one overall. Same. Um, I think, I don't think it's silly because he was that good last year that even if he regresses somewhat and you could potentially argue that regression might be uh, inevitable, he was that good last year that even if he even if he drops back a bit, like you know, say, I mean, what he was on eighteen hundred la eighteen hundred yards last year. Say it's nearer to fifteen hundred. Um, you know, loses a touchdown or two, he's still going to be over three hundred points. Mm-hmm. And with your first overall pick, that's that's just what you want. Like you can split airs and say, oh, oh Jamar Chase might get three ten, but for me, the he's consistent. He he he's going to get. You know what I mean? He can go for 30, 40 points in a week. He's just unbelievable. The targets are going to be there. The volume, it's on a good offense with a bad defense. Every, everything's there. Consistent quarterback play. F- for me, I think he's he's a safe, much safer bet than, than Jamar Chase, particularly with the potential injuries to Burrow. Yeah, he's, he's stonewall number one for me. I, I, I won't hesitate in pulling the trigger. Well, no, because I have, I have Jamar Chase number one. Yeah, um, but I did last year as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I mentioned this one when we spoke about our rankings. That yeah, that it's exactly how you laid out. Jefferson had an incredible season last year, which is why I'm hesitant because it's like mm. you're drafting him because that because what you're thinking about it's like you're drafting him because you're like I'm going to have that on my team. It's like you don't know. Mm. It's incredibly hard to repeat yeah. that. So I'm going to bet on the guy who hasn't quite had that season mm. yet. The the odds are against you trying to to draft the number one. No matter where you're drafting, the odds are against you if you're trying to draft who's going to be the number one pick in fantasy at the end of the season. But like Sharpsley saying, you've got a pretty good chance if you're going to draft Justin Jefferson. Uh, that's going to do it, though. I am pretty excited because we have week one look-ahead preview oh, next yeah. episode, next oh, week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. We'll come at you with uh, the usual, what we did last season, player picks for the week. Um, And yeah, I'm well excited. I am. Can't wait. Super excited. Thank you very much for listening, as usual. Thank you very much. See you next week. Bye-bye. See ya.